0: I'm really excited tonight. Um, I, he told me I was going to speak on Monday, and I kind of immediately knew. Sometimes, you know, you're like, oh, God, what am I supposed to I actually texted him. I was like, what should I talk about? And he didn't text me back. <laughs> and, and, then, uh, and then I, like, knew, okay, I know where God wants me to go. Um, and it's kind of out of my own, what I'm going through right now, my own testimony, um, pseudo-testimony. Um, my dad, and it, it kind of comes out of, like, you know, I, last time I spoke, I talked about breaking patterns, how many people were here for that? Yeah. Angela's here. Um, and and it was, it was, it's something that I'm continually looking for. And um, you understand as I kind of continue, my dad is from an island, and he is an island. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, he's, he's from an island, obviously. But by saying he is an island, he's, he's been like intensely focused on his family and really, really focused on like knowing God. And he has a tremendous, like, you know, up at 3 a.m. to read the Bible and pray, for like 20 years, like it's just solid. And his goal was, you know, raise godly children, love my wife, see Jesus, like that's, that's it. Um, and it's amazing, because I'm here, and my brothers are here, and he's done a, a good job. And I, I love, um, love, love him. But I'm in community, like this is the first time I've ever been in community. I've always always wanted to be surrounded by Christians, people who are hungry for God, and this was like the coolest prayer ever, found my wife. Um, and. I know, everybody's doing wife shout-outs. I figured I should. But, uh, no, but the, the cool thing is that the more I spend time with community, the more I really want to, like, be useful. I want to enjoy people. I want what I learn, because I feel like I learn stuff, to benefit people, not just myself. Um, and so I, I, I kind of am constantly thinking about, like, well, and, and this, is a, this is interesting to me, because... Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my spiritual father was like, you realize the last, like, ten people you've hung out with are your, like, close friends? Like, who are you discipling? And he said, if you're not, uh, if no one's following you, you're not a leader. Like, this is the kind, of, this is, like, the level of, like, you know, truth that he gives. Um, and it's, sometimes it's difficult. You just kind of, like, back to the stairs. But you, I, you can either, you know, turn or you can just keep going the way you do. And I realize this is really not what I want to be. I want to... Um, I want to spread Christ's name. I want to be loving people. And for, uh, you know, love God, love people, right? And um, and I always had, and I actually had a stated view on love God, love people. I, I thought if I love God as much as humanly possible, people will benefit from the slash, splash damage, which means like I love him, love him. And my love for him will like splash out. People will be like affected by it. They'll like, you know, feel loved. I don't know. It wasn't it's not true. Like, it doesn't work that way. You have to actively love people. Um, and so I decided in my old amazing wisdom to step off the island. Um, and, and immediately, like, and, and what I did was I said, all right, God, I want to be, I want a disciple. I want to spread your name. I want people to experience the God that I know. Um, and instead of just coming here and being all soulish about it and looking for, like, the needy-looking people, I just, I, I, asked, I asked the Holy Spirit, and I said, like, who, who, who's here? Who's hungry? Like, who wants to know you? I want uh, to bring people to depth. And, um, and suddenly I was surrounded by, like, people who were, like, asking questions and excited and, like, texting me questions, and it wasn't, like, you know, lame questions, it was, like, how do you hear from God? And, you know, does the Holy Spirit actually speak to you? Like, what does he feel like? You know, what do you do when you do this? Like, how do you? And it was like, wow, like, this is amazing. Like, you know, I get to actually talk about Jesus instead of talking about, like, the dry version. And, um, and so I, someone asked me, uh, what's the difference between Jesus, or no, Christianity and other religions? It's like the most broad question ever. Um, and I like started to go broad and then I like kind of calmed down and went back to work. And I came back and I realized like I have an answer. And I, and I just started texting him and I said, you know, Jesus is, Christianity isn't uh, like a religion. It's, it's a relationship with Jesus. We've heard these things over and over again. Right? But then I said, if, if it's, it's more, it has nothing to do, like relationship with Jesus has nothing to do with what you can do for him. It has everything to do with what he's already done for you. Like, it, a relationship with Jesus is one in which he speaks your identity out and he calls you to deeper faith. And, and, and it was just like, as I started to describe Jesus, I realized, like, I, I know Jesus. Like, he's different than I knew him before. Um, and I kept going on and I said, he pursues us. And that's my absolute favorite. I mean, you're, you, you listen to his testimony you're like, I mean, he's intensely unique. And clearly, like, it's the biggest difference Change ever. He comes up with his tats and I come up in dress clothes. But I went to work. I don't dress like this normally. But the, the, the point is, like, he was, he was being pursued by God. He just said, God, if you're out there, show up. And God, okay, yeah. Like, oh, and can you do this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Like, he just pursues. And he, I mean, even look at the message of the cross, right? It's not, you know, all these other religions, it's what you can do, it's what you can meditate, it's the level of attainment you can muster. Christianity is Jesus saw you, chose you, decided you were worth dying for, came down and died, and then when he got to heaven and God said, was it worth it? he goes, go, worth it. And, and, that, and now he sits there and he prays for us and mediates the new covenant, like, which is that we get everything that he paid for. Um, it's just ridiculous. And I feel like what I have to say tonight, and this is just all intro, kind of, is, this is why I'm interested in it about is because I feel like what I have to say is timely. Like, this is where we kind of need to go. We want to go. Um, because we're all, we've been, produ- we're pursuing health, wholeness, breakthrough, right? We, so many people stood up for Christ's life. People are going to DNA. People are going to Bible studies. People are experiencing Jesus. I mean, even if in, like, the corporate setting, we're pursuing... A, a, like the true character of God. We don't want just the, the old school version of things. We want like the authentic. That's why you come in and it feels different is because God loves the authentic. Like you, you, if we were to preach just Jesus but not the Holy Spirit, the power's gone. If you, you know, we, we, we're not picking and choosing. We, if anybody in fact asks you what denomination do you belong to, just say I don't understand any of that. I believe the Bible and I, and I talk with Jesus. And they go... All right, but but we've been we've been experiencing amazing stuff, and typically, is it getting brighter? No, it's a good word, I guess. No, but like, I feel like um, we're we're learning. I have been learning. We've been learning things that are completely not churchy, right? I mean, rooting out lies and hearing the Holy Spirit being focused on our God-given identity, um, breaking the power of shame. Like, we're doing these things on a regular basis and we're not doing them just for, like, personal wholeness. We're doing it for a a reason. Um, And really, there's power in the community. And we've had all these people who come in, you know, various small groups and various prayer meetings. And um, even on stage, there will be proclamations of prophecy, like great things that are gonna happen. And one of the things that I most, most resonated with was um, that epic life is kind of in a cocoon stage in which you're kind of like, you're, you're, you're changing, you're morphing, you're, you're growing, and at some point you're gonna burst and you're really gonna have an impact on Sacramento. And it's true, right? We've been focusing on our identity. We've been growing, we've been learning, we've been trying to understand not only who Jesus is, but then who are we in Christ? What does it mean to be a son or a daughter? I mean, we, we say that over and over again, but for good purpose. But I feel like the result of the cocoon is this amazing message, right? Um, you know, when, I, when we try and describe Jesus, it's not the old and the dry and just the like, we don't just describe redemption, we describe so much more than that. Um, and and we are, we, you end up being very like attractive when you know Jesus. That's why we have so many marriages, I think. It's because like, you know, People are attracted to Jesus. They're not attracted to anything else. Um, and we're equipped. We're, uh, the goal, hopefully, is that we're just people with or Jesus, Jesus with skin on, like so full of Jesus that we just kind of walk around like Jesus. But the, the truth is um, people love this truth. And, and so we have tremendous power, I think, now um, because we, we know him. It's, it's like, you know, you try to describe someone that you haven't really met, and you're like, oh, yeah, well, there's, it's just general, it's vague. No one's interested, no one's really paying attention. But when you, like, I used to, funny story, I used to, um, someone always asked me, like, describe your girlfriend, and I honestly could not describe her. Like, it was awful. She's just, like, this tall, and she's got, like, hair, and, 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 and I realized uh, someone was like, describe your wife, and I, like, went all into it, and, like, it's because I know her, like, know her, but uh, that's, you know how they say we pray revelation even as you speak? That's that's one of those. But we have this amazing power now to to share Christ because we have testimonies, right? The, the power of, of a testimony is so much bigger than any sermon. That's why it's the best thing ever that we've been doing testimonies because you're sharing not only who God is in theory, but who he is in practice. How he is uh, chasing you down and, and just being so gracious. And so tonight, um, I want to talk about reconciliation. Um, redemption, re- redemption, reconciliation, we have all these big long words. And to all people who are not Christian, most Christians, it's kind of like, how oh, that just means kind of how they uh, get to heaven. But redemption is this, you know, we have, we've sinned. We're, we're kind of distant from God. The cross, Jesus brings us into that light where we can actually commune with God, where we can actually be perfect before him. And that's really been the, the crux of, of Christians, like spreading the gospel. It's just been like, you know, anybody asks you what Christianity is about, you say, oh, Jesus died on the cross, and so therefore I get heaven at some point. It's, it's really like small. Whereas reconciliation is is the uh, reestablishing of close, cordial relations. It's bringing two seemingly incompatible things together. Um, and so it's, it's really like reconciling God the people. And, and for a lot of us, this is, this is like a really difficult thing because we have, our perceptions of God are completely skewed. Bad relationships, parents, poor representations of Christ, awful churches, and just a, poor understanding of god's heart like you you if you think of god as this angry god it's really difficult to ever experience his love and so the power of reconciliation is like the power of redemption is that you give him this hope of heaven but the power of reconciliation is we you give him a hope of like the now like you 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 can take him from take people from this small understanding of who god is and you can reconcile them to their his true character and so, you know, we've been going through the, the, the true nature of God, right? He is, he is gracious, he is good, love is patient, love is kind, and, and God, are, God is all of these things. Well, we, we study these things because we want to be able to not only experience them for ourselves, but also, like, take people into that place. Um, do you remember, everybody has heard 2 Corinthians 5.17, Galatians 2.20. Those are, like, the two, like, primary verses for it's not me, I'm dead, we're fine. Like, Galatians 2.20... <laughs> I have been crucified with Christ, it's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And then 2 Corinthians 5.17, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all things are gone, behold, all things are made new. Like, it's all about newness. And we we quote these scriptures like, yeah, I'm not dead. I am dead. Don't worry about it. But the the, the fact is that, like, we really, I want to dive into, like, the full message of that truth. Um... I love this verse. It's Romans 5, 6 through 11. I think I gave it to someone to display on the board, potentially. Would? Yes. Um, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone will even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled by God through the death of his son Jesus, uh, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be, be saved by his life. And not only that, we rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we now have received reconciliation." And I just love that. You know, as, that wasn't even my, that's not the primary voice, but it, verse, but it's, it's just kind of something that kept coming up throughout the week as I was thinking about this. That, you know, for a, a bad person, no one's really gonna die. For a good person, someone might, might die. But Jesus, you know, when you were still awful, died for you and, and like meant it. Like loved the fact that he did it. And it kind of begins to talk about that reconciliation, right? And and it's not like redemption where we just have hope of heaven. It's reconciliation where we we have hope of relationship. We have hope of closeness. It's just like a a deeper hope, I think. So 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? That's the the verse. I'm dead. Um, And it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he has a new creation. Old things have passed. Behold, all things have been made new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's that's really what I want to talk about, the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to, for us, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. And what I wanna, my first point I think of value is that we can speed the process of intimacy, like as people who have experienced Christ, because you can, it's kind of like that 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 quote I've heard many many times. Um, you've heard it said: you cannot take uh, people deeper than you've gone yourself. It's kind of like one of those blind leading the blind things. It makes sense. You can't like propel someone into this depth with Christ that you really haven't gone yourself. If you are yourself very very like thin, not very like deep, you're not going to do anything. But I believe the opposite is true: that you can lead people to a depth at a faster rate than it took for you to get there yourself. That's weird. It's a cart, don't worry about it. And, and so, um, <laughs> I figured it out. Um, let me say that again. You can lead people to your depth at a faster rate than it took for you to get there. I remember, um, I've got a younger brother, he's a stud. Six foot one, good at everything he does. He's got the arm veins, like everything's going for him. <laughs> but he, you know, he's my, he's my younger brother. And so when I, like, when we talk about stuff... He's like, he's all ears. He wants to hear you. He He's like, he's a hungry kid. Um, and, I, and I've realized that like, man, I, I've spent years and years trying to fight these battles and I've, I've understood things and I've seen revelation. And now when I'm describing it to him, like he's leapfrogging all of these things that I learned. And it, I used to like kind of be annoyed when I was in high school. Like, man, every time I do anything, this kid does it better, easier, faster, but really, like I'm the I'm, I'm forging the way, and it's the same thing in, in the spiritual world. Like we forge the way that not so that we can have this close relationship with God, that is awesome, but it's also the, so that we can bring people into the same place. Um, and there are really varying levels of reconciliation. Like if if all you have is Jesus, the cross, heaven, like there's there's no like. It's it's. It's a smaller version of, like, everything. Like, you wanted to, I wanted to be able to describe uh, to whoever I'm sharing the gospel with, whoever I'm, like, in community with, not only, like, that Jesus is my savior, but also, like, he's my friend, he's my lover, he's done all of these great things. Our reconciliation can bring people into a depth that, like, I've, I've wanted my entire life. It's bigger than just a hope of heaven. It's, we, I have a hope that um, I will know God long before I ever see him. Like, I will, know, I will know his character, I will know his face, and then one day I'll see him, I'll go, oh, amazing. Like, it's gonna be a further revelation, but I will know him. I have this hope that I will know the true character of God, that like, when he says I am the father, like, I wanna know him as a father, I wanna know his love, which means I have to constantly cast off uh, what I've learned from my father. He's a good man, but he's, he, he's not a good, rep- he's not the perfect representation of God the father. Our, and our identity, like, all of these things should produce such a hope for us. Um, I'm not just a sinner saved by grace. Like, I, I, my identity in Christ, and this is what we've been preaching now for years, right, is our identity. Why? Because it changes things. I'm, I'm a son, blessed with every spiritual blessing, called, given an inheritance long before I could ever earn anything. In fact, earning has no value in the kingdom. I, I have promise upon promise upon promise in the world. He sees me as perfect. I am seen through the lens of Jesus Christ. I could screw up my life royally and he will look at me and smile. Like, I, He, his love is massive. I was reading Isaiah, like, just before I came over here. There's so many promises. And he's, he, like, if you ever want to know what God thinks of you, read Isaiah 40 and just keep reading. Because... It's just like promise upon promise. I, the Lord, have upheld you from birth. I have carried you, and I will continue to carry you. They who uh, yearn for me shall not be ashamed. He says, my favorite, like this is my verse. He says, can a nursing nursing mother, you know, pregnant mother, forget the child of her womb? Like, imagine Amber just like forgetting she's got a baby. Like, no chance. And the Bible says... Surely they may forget, yet I have not forgotten you. See, I have inscribed you upon the palm of my hands. Like, your walls are continually before me. That's how he sees you. You read Psalms and David says, like, so great are the thoughts of me. Like, before I wake up, he has thought about me. His thoughts for me are as many as the sand. Like, I was not created and then just, like, dropped. And then he saved me so that I could see him later. Like, he is infinitely interested and excited about my every step. Every time, it's like I take one step towards him, and he comes running seven steps towards me and tells me I did a good job. <laughs> then I fall, and then I back up, and then I run forward, and I trip, and he does the same thing again. Like, it, it's, his grace is amazing. And, and like, there's this uh, Isaiah 50, 58, I think. No, 48. He's, it's his, his description of the perpetual covenant of peace. And he says, it's like the waters of Noah to me. And, and you know, everybody knows the story of Noah, right? When the waters came, rainbow, I will never do this again. I swear it. So he's, this, is, this is the level of like, this is, this, I swear this, basically. He says, the, the hills may be removed and all these bad things may happen, yet my covenant of peace or my covenant of kindness will not depart from you, nor my covenant of peace. And it's just like, he says these things over and over and over again. I will pour water on him who is thirsty. I will pour floods on the dry ground. It's just like promise upon promise. So now we, we, we learn these things, right? We, we, we pursue God. We want to know what he thinks about us, which is what I'm describing. We want to know what he thinks about other people. We want to know his true character. Why? It's because when you describe these things something stirs. This is the truth of Christ. It's it's bigger than Jesus the cross heaven. Like there is a a vast ocean of God's grace in between there. And it's really really exciting to walk with him. And so now as ministers of reconciliation instead of doing the old school give them a small picture, well someone says tell me about Jesus or why do you look different? Why are you happy? Well, you know, anything. I ha- you can just immediately just share this, like the authentic. And, and it, it draws them in. And my, I've realized that if I, ever, um, if I ever tell a testimony of what God has done, I cry every time, anytime. I des- describe how I found my wife. How, <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> Any, anything that happens, if I describe his goodness, like what he's done, his goodness like overtakes me and I can't do anything else. And and for, for us, like as a people who have walked with a known God and are continuing to learn about him, someone asks you about Jesus or you realize that this person really needs Jesus and all I need, I'm, I'm here to reconcile them. I'm here to take them from what they know and what they're lacking and to bring them and just kind of like push God on them together and allow God to just speak into their life and so you you don't have to know scripture upon scripture just describe how god pursued you just describe any testimony of god's goodness and and people will love it and it's because they were created the um there's a verse somewhere that says eternity is written on our hearts it's that concept that like you just know like Spend your entire life describing why God doesn't exist, but you get to your bed at the end of your life and you know God exists. Crap, I should have done something. And I just we we want to be ministers of reconciliation, and we have. I feel like I was so excited about this message because I know that we have exceptional power. Like, I sit down with people, and we, I just get things, more and more things. There are prophets, there are apostles, there are teachers, there are, you know, we have, we've studied all these gifts. Why? So that not just for the body, but for the world. We have, uh, like, tremendous, tremendous potential to change the world, to change Sacramento. And, and we, can, we can quicken the pace at which people come to know these things, right? I mean, I... I if I was to describe to Shauna five years ago, I love thinking about Shauna five years ago because he's nothing like me. If I was to describe these things, he would be in awe. He would, he would, he would want to know these things. Like I, I feel like, I guess with my little brothers, I can, I can, I can best relate. Because when I, whenever I describe anything to them, it's like, this makes perfect sense, and, and they don't have to battle with it. Pornography is a great example. Um, my little brother would not be bothered by me saying this because while he may struggle with these things from time to time, he knows it's not his identity, right? He, that's, he's a son of the living God blessed and called and all these things. But he struggles at times to time and I struggled quite a bit. I mean, probably middle school through like all of college. And for me, like, you I went I, I could describe to him my the way I went through things, right? I, I learned through a process. i I would I would go through the cycle of shame. I would give God some space until he got unangry with me, and then I would approach God and ask for forgiveness. And then I would a, a, put put certain certain things into my life, right? Accountability and screen blockers and all these stupid things into my life. and then two months later, I'd do the exact same thing, and then I'd spiral and I would it would all, be all of these things. And so he's, you know, he asked me one day, he's like, you know, how did you get over it? And I described to him like, well, first I stopped trying. I stopped thinking of myself as a sinner. I actually believed that I'm dead in Christ, that I've been, like, I've been raised with Jesus and I am the righteousness of Christ. I am perfect. And he sees me as perfect. And regardless of what I do, I'm not gonna earn any better perfection. And when God sees me, he sees me through that lens of Jesus Christ. So I never spend any time wallowing in my shame. If I screw up, I immediately approach God say, I hate the distance that I feel, and I rebuke it, and and then I just go back to my identity as a son. And every time that I minimize the time that Satan has in my life telling me I'm a sinner, the less I feel like a sinner, and the more I, I walk in righteousness. And it wasn't that I suddenly didn't want those things, or I just continued to produce in myself the truth, and i just speak it over myself. And he started doing these things, and suddenly he's not doing accountability. He didn't ask me to be his accountability. He, he basically canceled accountability. He's like, I'm canceling the web blocking thing. You don't need to keep looking at it. I'm doing fine. And it, and it was like, this was a seven, eight year thing for me. This was a seven, eight month thing for him. And, it, and it's not because I'm this exceptional teacher or anything. I was just sharing with him the breakthrough I had, and it, it just he skipped all of that crap. And we we can we can do this on, on on a ridiculous amount of things in describing the actual character of God. We can remove that that sense of like you know fear of God and, and inability to trust Him, and we can we can reduce all these things. And and my favorite thing is we have an, This is my kind of second, right? My first point is that uh, we can we can quicken things, but the second is we have experience. We have a testimony. Um, it's like our experience with God's goodness amplifies the power of this principle it's have you where I don't know I meant to figure out where all these things were but for me like just random scriptures come when I'm trying to figure something out and I don't bother looking it up because I remember that it, it is in the Bible but it says <laughs> it is the goodness of God that leads men to repentance right and we read that over and over again. And so, you know, we come in and we pray, God, let your goodness feel, like, flow in this place. But like, have you experienced this goodness? I mean, I feel like, you know, for most of my life, I was very, very hard. And the goodness of God was a far off thing. It was something I hoped for, but never experienced. And one day, like, well, not one day, he just continued to build my understanding of his goodness. Like, it, he just, he was good. He felt good. Like I could, I had all these testimonies. I, if I, if you open my Bible, there are scriptures highlighted and then dates and times where he had either spoken that to me or made it come to pass. You know. So most people they're like, I can't, I can't enjoy the Bible because they just see it as a book. But I see it as just a, promises, like God's goodness. He has done this. He has done that. He promised my wife. He promised my house. He called me a tree planted by the rivers of flowing water. I, uh, I sing. Uh, you know, I am a tree bending beneath the weight of His wind and glory, and I know that, like, at some, when I bought my house, He said, "You now, my son, are a tree. I will plant you." And, and it was just like there, there's so much more depth when He, when you have like this history with Him, and and it, this is, you know, I'm describing my history, but we hit, we have history. You read First John, and He says, "I'm writing to you because you have known that Him who is from the beginning," and and. So we have this, we can describe the goodness so much better. Even, even the other verse, is similar, right? Always be ready to give an account of the hope that is in you. And I kind of talked about this before, but like, it's the same thing. If someone asks me, what's the hope? I, oh man, my description, I love talking about the hope. And my hope is not heaven afar off. I have hope after hope after hope. So many little things that produce hope. I have the hope of knowing God long before I see him. I have the hope of walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. I have a hope of life free from shame and striving. I have all of these things. And even more than that, we, we have, it's, there's kind of like a glass ceiling over our lives if we are entirely focused on ourselves. Like you can only get so much revelation about God's love if you're not loving other people. So you you kind of fill yourself up and you learn these things and you you start to experience it. But unless you ever, if unless you live in community, unless you love people, you can't get revelation about God's love if you're not walking in love. And so these, you know, one of the most amazing thoughts he he shared with me was that your these, these breakthroughs, son, that you're trying to get at, right? The breakthroughs in the Father's heart, breakthroughs in love and increased love for people and all these things, they're not gonna come in your prayer closet. They're gonna come as you, as you share God's goodness with other people, as you walk in community and as you just kind of like wrap your arms around people who need love. And I was, I was like, oh man, that's so good. Oh. I contend for all these things. I wanna see miracles. I want... Exceptional revelation. I want understanding of the word. Paul says, "I did not come with persuasive words of wisdom, but the power of the Spirit. That your faith would be in the power of the Spirit." Man, like as a teacher, you cannot read that and go, "Eh." You you read that, you. I want that. I need that. I cannot preach something that is that has no power. It won't change any lives. It won't. it, It will just be smoke and mirrors. I want. To be led by the Holy Spirit, I have all these exceptional hopes, and I, and I am even now as I'm kind of like breaking off, I'm getting off the island, and I'm I'm sharing like my life and my, I, I feel like like the last three weeks have just been like the best weeks ever. I'm so excited, and it's it's it should be like that. My growth and love, tenderness, understanding, these are all things that are going to be tied to my growth and love for other people. It's like, and as I was thinking about this, um, I, I saw this picture of like a farmer, right? He, he, he sows the seed and he, he harvests some amazing crop, right? The crop is our revelation. We're so excited about it. We, and the farmer takes his grain and he puts it in a silo and he tells his friends about it and he goes and visits it and he looks at it at night and the stars and he goes in and he'll eat a little bit of it. But unless he goes in and he takes some of the grain and he spreads it over the ground like he has no crop. And it's, it's, it's kind of what we do, right? We, we get a revelation and then we sit on it. But you end up with a fruitless life and you end up with a silo full of old stale grain. I want, I want the freshness of God. I want a continual revelation of his goodness. And I, I cannot uh, get that if I live on an island and if I am so self-focused, self-focus doesn't get you very far. It gets you somewhere. And you have to, we, the reason Epic Life is always talking about identity and breakthrough and hearing the Holy Spirit and breaking down lies and rooting out walls and all these things is because these things need to be addressed if you want to move forward at a, at a, into depth. But, but Epic Life is a deep place. And you are deep people. You hear the Holy Spirit. You, there are changes that are happening in your lives. And so we, we need, as an, I think as a ministry, we need to begin to look outside and, and even look within the ministry. I mean, you, we have so many powerful people. If you were to share your breakthroughs, if you were to disciple on a ridiculous level, I mean, we have men's Bible study and I feel convicted because there are maybe, there are five leaders and, and no, like, no new people. And, it, and it's, it's, it's us, right? We, we need to be out there reaching out and grabbing people and pulling them in and sharing. And, uh, and, it, and it's so refreshing to be surrounded by people who are hungry. It like kind of builds your own hunger. And so I feel like um, I'm, I'm going to address a few lies and then I, I really want to go into some ministry time. And, and I have a very specific goal for that. But there are, there are specific lies um, that kind of reign in this area. Um, you know we've been any any if Satan can adre- in, in, in like introduce lies into this area he can cripple the body he can keep us from depth growth breakthrough and just expansion um, and one of them is like you have the fivefold ministry right we've been talking about it apostles prophets pastors teachers evangelists and people they hear that and they go well they're a gift that's evangelism and so I, I honestly I did this I, I I'm a teacher I, and I taught economics in college and it was that's just who I am. I if we look at I looked at evangelism and was like, "Oh, that's a, a you know, a different gift. I don't have that." And it's even better cuz my wife is intensely evangelistic so I can kind of see the void between our like giftings. But those those are those are offices. Those are like kind of primary giftings. But th- that doesn't mean that she is tasked with that and I I get to sit on my own hands like I, I am a minister of reconciliation. It is, it is kind of like the outpouring of what Jesus did. And it's like uh, there, there are certain things in the Bible that were given to everybody. Jesus said, make disciples. He didn't give any proviso. He didn't say, you guys make disciples. He just said, period, go make disciples. It's kind of the same thing. He said, you are ministers of reconciliation. You are to spread my grace and my goodness and bring people to a knowledge of me and, and and that's where we're at. So to, if you hear that, if, if you, when you start to think about these things, you hear, but you're not an evangelist, you're a something, that's a lie. You, you are to spread Jesus' name. He is so good. And, and, and you really do want to spread the name. The other amazing stupidity is that I just need to get a little better. Like I need to like get rid of some stuff before I can. I need to stop sinning. I need to look better. I need to learn more Bible verses. Like there are all these. Like it basically, it's Satan saying you need to be perfect before you can do anything, which there's nothing more like paralyzing than the the need to be perfect. I was I was singing a song on the way here. Um, oh Lord, please light a fire. The no, I forget what it was. Eh. But anyway, the point was it basically said, um, "But first, let me help me to do it well myself, and then I will." Like that was, I was singing that song, and I used to think, like, "Yeah, let me just do a little better, and then I will spread." But it's that's that's dumb. Um, and then everybody else, lots of people have a picture of what evangelism looks like, right? It, they assume either it's a giant meeting with thousands of people and one guy with an exceptional anointing speaking, or it's like a nut with a soapbox, or like they, they have these things, but evangelism, sharing the gospel, talking about Jesus, spreading the good news, these are all like, it, it, it doesn't look like that at all. I, uh, I work with this guy and he asked me about my job. And, uh, and I said, oh, yeah, I'm so glad I got this job. But when I, I spent a year unemployed, when I finally did get a job, I got two jobs. Um, and I went from having no jobs to turning down my dream job. And I was like, isn't that just like God? And he, the guy's not a Christian at all. But I, I'm, not, I'm not, like, giving him the Christian version of me and the non-Christian version of me. I'm just me. And, and he, he has his, he kind of looks at me different. He watches me. And, and at some point, he, he's going to say something. And and I'll I'll give them the goodness of God, and 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 uh, evangelism for most people. People assume that it's well. I got to take people like to the finish line, right? They got to get saved, and if they don't get saved, I didn't have any impact. And so they wait for people who are like at the door, and then they just try and kick them in, and then feel good about themselves. (laughs) But the truth is, if you can do anything to move them towards the finish line. Move them towards you, Christ. I remember this, uh, this great evangelist. Um, he was just a random guy I, I met, but he was an, a great evangelist. And he said, evangelism is like a football field. And he said, most people are interested in the last 10 yards, but there are people at the 10-yard line here, and they just need to get to the 30-yard line or the 40-yard line. Just push them a little bit towards Christ. Share the goodness. Just, and, and for me, like I don't, I don't think I've, I've seen too many people converted at my hands. But I'm fairly certain I haven't ruined anybody's life. And, and the more I, I know, right? I'm fairly certain I haven't screwed it up royally. But I, I have, I'm inching people. And, and, and with every step that you take, like with people, like you, you experience more of the Father, like more of his love. It's like, you know, even as I, be, as, as I describe his goodness, his goodness washes over me. And it just becomes ingrained to the point where it's not theory it's not even practice, it's like, it's truth. It's, it's absolute truth. So, uh, you know, we're gonna go back into worship, um, and as the worship team comes up, and I think Waterbury has a closing, he usually transitions, but I, I really want to speak to three types of people. Like, we have a prayer team up here, and we have a prayer team who hears the Holy Spirit, and they're, they're powerful people who can help move you. But if if this message of being a minister of recon- if if reconciliation in itself sounds awesome, like you haven't spent, you don't really know Jesus, you it just sounds kind of good, um, I'd like you to come forward and, and pray with these people. And the, Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the heart the door of your heart and I knock. If anybody opens the door, I will come in and I will dwell with him. So tonight, if in the worship, and in any of the tonight, you have felt a knock, respond, because it will change your life. And it will not be about what you can do. It will be about what he has done, and there will be peace in your life. And then the second thing is if you hear this, and as a Christian, you think, yes, I want to be further equipped for the ministry of reconciliation. I want boldness. I want exceptional faith. I want opportunity. I want any of these things. Come forward and get prayer. And then then the third group, you know, is anybody else, right? If you want prayer, just come up. But those first two, come up, and let's let's change the world. So that's it. That's all I got.